Hello everyone, and welcome to Two Weirdos, One Podcast, where we talk about everything from true crime, to conspiracies, to aliens, to hauntings, and everything weird. My name is Ashley. And I'm Megan, and we're your two weirdos. Hey guys, and welcome back to episode 16 of Two Weirdos, One Podcast. Hello. So technically, this should be our four-month anniversary episode, but we're some big slackers who got a lot of stuff going on, so we forgot. We we came very unprepared this week, but don't worry because we'll make it up to you next week. Yeah, so next week, I'll do my normal, like, full story, and then Ashley will bring, like, a little, like intro story yeah like a little mini episode yeah so we'll have that for you guys next week uh but for this week ashley is going to be telling us a story yes so um i guess let's just jump right into it unless well i mean i guess what's new with you megan (laughs) well um i do finally have my like kitchen and living room unpacked in the new house so that's really awesome um, I still don't know where anything is in my kitchen. So every time I go to find something, I'm like opening up every drawer. Oh, yeah. And it's really annoying. But um, yeah, I've, I've gotten a good taste of what being a homeowner is like. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I turn the ice machine on in my fridge, which granted it came with the house, so I'm really thankful for that. I didn't have to go buy a new one. Yeah. But no one knew that it was leaking all over the floor and destroying the floorboards underneath the fridge. <laughs> um, so that's the thing. And it's still leaking, so I need to figure out why yeah. before I can use the ice maker or the water filter. Um, so that's fun. I need to figure out how that works. And then second, I replaced my sink because the old one was, like, rusted, busted, nasty. Yeah. And – um. For some reason, it keeps leaking where the sink attached to the garbage disposal. And I've, like, redone it a couple times, and it's still not working. So I don't know. I think it's the garbage disposal is, like, old and not watertight anymore. So probably going to have to replace that, too. But I was, like, looking at all these things going wrong. I was like, all right. So um, when is someone going to give me the number to the maintenance man of this place? Because... (laughs) things are breaking and I don't know how to fix them you're the maintenance man Megan man (laughs) add that to my resume because this is intense (laughs) right hey but I did I've learned a lot so far I will like say that like I learned you know how to shut the water off going to the fridge so it doesn't continue to leak and ruin my floor and then yeah I even like hung some blinds nice at, on that little door like next to the front door right or the little window next to it so had to buy my first power tool so that was really fun but got it all done all by myself that's awesome so Heck yeah. yeah but you're the home reno queen this week you guys did a lot this past week when your family was in town yeah like we couldn't have done it without my mom dad and my brother they worked their butts off so I know you guys listen, or at least my mom listens, so thank you. Um, (laughs) She can pass on the thanks. Right. They actually, yeah, they just left this afternoon, um, which is why we are recording at 1040 at night on a Monday. (laughs) That's to be edited and up by tomorrow, but, you know, we'll make it work. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we, um, 
replaced all the back siding and before it was like when we tore it off it was literally like cardboard <laughs> and there's like oh my gosh. just tar paper underneath it so yeah it was just it was very not doing a good job at being siding right so took it all off um my dad brother and jordan really kicked butt in the back back like in the back of the house doing all the siding work um so they put up like wood sheets and then cement board on top of that so it's solid now very solid so just need to paint that and then my mom and i like refinished and painted all the cabinets in the house and all like kitchen and bathroom um you know replace the countertops which are gorgeous they were like you know just a plain old 90s kind of curvy white with the Ooh, weird yeah. white backslash that goes up. So it was that. And I like ours was all like scratched and stained and nicked. So I was like, I want to get rid of that. So got some like beautiful countertops that look like it's Formica, but it looks like marble. And mm-hmm. it's so pretty. Yeah. And then, you know, new sink. Um, got rid of the big Bertha of a microwave above the oven. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember you oh, talking about doing that. That thing was a dinosaur. Like, originally we were going to replace it with a new, like, over-the-range microwave. But, like, they're so huge. And then I wanted more space. I wanted it to, like, open up a little bit. So I just put, like, um, a range, like, vent hood. Mm-hmm. So it, like, completely opens it up. And then, like, I just bought a small microwave. Um, that I'll have to find a spot for, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. I ended up doing the same thing or well, mine didn't have an over the range microwave, but I was about to get one, but then you made that good point that it really like, since the cabinets are hung a little bit lower and the kitchen isn't that big yeah, and just like not having it really opens it up. So right. Yeah. We had pretty similar, pretty similar nineties kitchen. So, oh yeah. (laughs) This house was built in 99. So right. Right at the end of that era. But yeah, the people before the the countertops in here looking a little rough too. Like now that I have all the lights on, because before I didn't have all the lights on, I just did all the natural light. Now that I have them all on, I'm like, ooh, you you stained it a little bit. Yeah. You don't need to fix that. I know. I think we had like the same countertops too. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just took like some dish soap that had bleach in it and like would it would clean off some of it, but some of it was just like, it just wouldn't come off. So just ingrained in there from years yeah. and years. It's there forever. So yeah, we, we took it all out <laughs> and then, um, helped my dad and I tiled the backsplash. So learned how a little bit, how to tile. Ooh. And then he, before he left this morning, he also tiled one of the bathroom floors, which was super nice. So yeah, so we got a lot done. I'm excited to see it all like pulled together once I get all the cabinet doors and the new pull handles on and stuff. So oh yeah, I can't wait to come see it all. Yes. Oh my gosh. It looks like a whole new kitchen. It's insane. So that's what's going on in our lives, guys. That's why we are so (laughs) like just a little scattered. We're a little scattered, (laughs) but we're we're here. here. Yeah, we're here. Might be a little late, but, you know, we're here. <laughs> um, so, anyways, I don't think we have covered a missing sp- – we did do, like, at the beginning, I think you did a missing persons case, right? Yeah, that was the – I think they called it the Red River. Yeah, that was your f- Yeah, my hometown episode. story. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
So we haven't done a missing persons case in a while, so I wanted to cover one. Um, I had heard this case a ton of times, and it's just like a really interesting, kind of like mysterious case. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of cover that. Uh, have you heard of the of Bryce Las Pisa? No, I haven't. Okay. So he was born on April 30th of 1994, so around our age. Yeah. Um, and his parents are Karen and Michael Las Pisa. And in 2012, Bryce graduated from Naperville High School in Naperville, Illinois. And then his family moved to Laguna Niguel, California. And Bryce uh, moved to Chico, which is about 450 miles away from where his family moved to. And he was attending Sierra College. So Bryce had a pretty good life so far. You know, there's nothing, I guess, from the outside looking in that you would see as abnormal. Like, just seemed like a normal little three-person family. And he was doing, he had done really well his freshman year at college. And he had a girlfriend that he adored. And her name was Kim Sly, which is a cool name. And <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> right and on August 26 2013 so this is like the summer after his freshman year but he was like a day away from I don't I don't he was like right about to start his sophomore year I don't know if he started on 26 or the 27th of August mm-hmm. but he was going into his sophomore year and things seemed pretty normal and he had talked to his mom that day and she said that he seemed happy and fine it was like a normal conversation they had Um, But his friends did say he was drinking quite a bit for the two weeks before his disappearance. So, yeah. And on August 27th, his girlfriend, Kim, um, started to become concerned with his behavior because it kind of like shifted. He wasn't being his normal self anymore. Um, And his roommate, Sean Dixon, said that Bryce was taking Vyvanse to help him um, stay awake to play video games on all night, like, on top of drinking, like, hard liquor throughout the day. So he was just, you know, taking drugs that weren't prescribed to him and drinking a ton of alcohol. Um, So just his behavior kind of shifted. Yeah. Yeah, so it seemed like he drank pretty often, like, apparently he would drink, like, a whole bottle of liquor every weekend. So that kind of might play into an issue later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so also on the 27th, Bryce started giving away some of his things to his, like, friends. Um, so he, like, had given away his Xbox. Like, so pretty, like, expensive, like, things that meant a lot to him. You know, of course, an Xbox Xbox can mean a lot to some people. Um, yeah. So his Xbox, um, he also gave a pair of diamond earrings away that he got from his mom. Um, and then by August 28th, his friends had really become concerned for him. So much so that his roommate, um, Sean, called Bryce's mom to let her know that, like, what was going on and why he was concerned. So, like, imagine thinking, like, going back to your, you know life in college your roommate you would have had to like see a lot to to call your parents or like you would have had to kind of like see a really big change because you know college students they drink sometimes take illegal drugs or drugs that aren't prescribed to them Mm -hmm. like that's just a part of 
college sometimes. Right. Um, so, like, the fact that he called his mom, you know, must mean that something was really off from his, like, normal self. Right. Um, he told her that he was not acting himself and that he had actually broken up with Kim via text. So he broke up with his girlfriend via text message the night before saying she would be better off without him. Oh. Yeah, so it was just kind of a, especially like when, you know, they kind of adored each other and that's kind of a weird way to break up with someone. I mean, I know it happens, but just yeah. just a little off. Um, Bryce also indicated that to Sean that something was bothering him but never explained what it was that was bothering him. So it's kind of like a little mysterious moment there. Mm. Um, A few hours after Sean called Karen, Bryce's mom, Bryce called his mom and he told her that he was okay. And at this time, Bryce had driven Kim home, which was about 90 miles to drive her home, um, even though they had just broken up. So like, I don't I I don't know how that happened like he broke up with her over a text I don't know if she was like was was there already or came over or something but he did drive her home and then after he dropped her off Kim got on the phone with Karen and told her that he wasn't acting himself and she doesn't think that he should be driving um Karen had offered to fly to visit Bryce on the 29th but he told her not to buy a ticket because he said that um, uh, he said, quote, I have a lot to talk to you about. So, again, with the mysterious, oh. like, I have something to tell you. Um, yeah. He also didn't like, as I said, he didn't tell her exactly what he wanted to talk with her about. So Kim got back on the phone with Karen and Karen told her to give Bryce's keys back since she took them away from him. Um, but Bryce had a promise to call his mom in the morning and Bryce left Kim's house around 1130 PM that night. So it's just a little strange when two people are telling Bryce's mom, like, yo, he's not acting himself. I don't think she should drive. This is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And the mom's just like, Oh, he's fine to drive. Like, I feel like if you're a mother, you don't offer to fly there. You just you just fly there, you know? Right. If things seem off. Um, so anyways, on the 29th of August, Karen had missed a call she received at 1 a.m. She thought it was just Bryce calling to tell her that he made it back home. But phone records later showed that when he made the call at 1 a.m., he was actually about an hour away from his apartment, even though one and a half hours should put him at his apartment or like almost to his apartment after a 90 mile drive. Right. Um, so then on August 30th, around 11 a.m. So the next morning, Karen and Michael Lespisa got a voicemail from Bryce to tell them that he used their roadside assistance plan at 9 a.m. that morning because he had ran out of gas and um, he was west of Bakersfield, which at this point was about 350 miles from where he had left when he dropped Kim off at her house. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's just so much time had passed and he'd only driven 350 miles. Like 
350 miles you should get through in a couple hours. Um, anyways, so a guy named Christian who worked at Castro Tire and Gas delivered three gallons of gas to Bryce through the roadside assistance. And um, it was $20 worth of gas and Bryce charged it on his parents' credit card. So the charges show that he was in a town called Buttonwillow. Um, if Bryce had continued the way he was going, he would have made it to Chico, um, where his parents lived, in less than three hours. Well, actually, he would have sorry he would have made it to not Chico. That's where his apartment is. But he would have made it to his parents' house in less than three hours. So Karen and Michael assumed that he was on his way to their house. Um, they tried to call Bryce because they were still concerned. And they could not get a hold of him. So just ignoring his, ignoring their calls, just not, not answering. It's just really strange circumstances. Yeah. A few hours later, when Bryce still had not shown up at his parents' house, which after those few hours, they should have, he should have been at their house. Um, mm-hmm. They called Castro Tire and Gas and asked Christian, the roadside assistant guy, to go check to see if Bryce was still where he was, where he ran out of gas. Um, Christian went and checked on Bryce, and he was still there in the same exact spot a what? few hours later, just sitting in his car. That's so weird that that was the first thing they thought to do. Like, go check where he was four hours ago on the side of the road. Right. I mean, he wasn't answering his phone, and so they were just like, trying anything i don't know why they wouldn't call the police right away but i guess like this guy this guy christian he really he really pulled through the for these parents right Um, so yeah he's just sitting in his car so christian asked bryce what he was doing and he said nothing so (laughs) well yeah uh, yeah exactly you're doing nothing um, so Christian let Karen and Michael know that Bryce seemed okay, but his eyes were a little bit red. I mean, after this point, he had been awake for how long? Um, so Karen was finally able to get a hold of Bryce at around 12.30 p.m. Um, and they were expecting him home around 3 p.m. So again, she got a hold of him and they're like, come come to our home like come home Mm -hmm. so at this point they're expecting him to be home around 3 p.m but when three rolls around bryce still wasn't there for the next six hours bryce ignored his parents phone calls they tracked his phone and found that in nine hours he had only traveled eight miles just not going anywhere so by (laughs) 9 p.m Karen and Michael were full on frantic and panicking and freaking out and scared, obviously, because they're like, what the hell is going on? But like at this point, this is where it's frustrating because so many hours have passed and his parents are just sitting on their ass, like drive to him. You know exactly where he is. Right. It's just like a few hour drive. Right. And they're like, we'll just wait for six hours. We'll just wait for another nine hours. Like you could have been there and back so many times. Right. It's so frustrating. So they eventually contacted the California Highway Patrol. And so the patrol went out there, found him in his car on Lagoon Drive, still in Buttonwillow. And the police searched his car and didn't find any drugs. And they also conducted a field sobriety test, which he 
also passed that. So sober, no drugs, just acting strange. Mm -hmm. So since he was 19 and was sober and didn't have any drugs on him, the police couldn't do anything other than tell him to call his parents and continue to their (laughs) home. Of of course. Because that's worked out so far. Right. So Bryce was like super reluctant to call his parents. So the police like literally called his phone, like his parents for him and made him talk to them. And this was around 10 p.m. So his mom asked what he was doing, and he told her that he was going to hang out with friends later, which is a really strange response considering the situation. Yeah. And he's just chilling in Button Willow for so many hours, and then he's like, oh, I'm just going to go hang out with friends later. Um, so yeah, super strange. And at 11 p.m., Bryce stopped at a gas station, still in Button button willow and he bought a drink and after that he told his mom he was on the i-5 south but didn't say much more to her and during that night his parents called roadside assistance because i don't know they're just they're just calling around to making sure he's on his way not there so his parents called roadside assistance and bryce was found in the same exact area and had now been in Button Willow for over 13 hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're just calling everybody else instead of hopping in the car. I know. Like, what the fuck? Get in your damn car. He's been there for <laughs> 13 hours. It is a, like, three-hour drive. Oh my god. Okay. That is what's so frustrating. Um, so the roadside assistance driver followed Bryce onto the interstate to make sure that he was on the road and going in the right direction. And at this point, his GPS said that he would arrive at his parents in Laguna Niguel at 3.25 a.m. So, on August 30th at 1.50 a.m., Bryce called Karen to tell her that he had detoured off the I-5, but was back on. But he was back on. (laughs) So, Uh. hmm, that's what he said. So, Karen's last contact with Bryce was at 2.08 a.m., and he said, quote, I got off the I-5, and I'm in a suburban area. I'm going to sleep in my car, end quote. Oh, no. At that point, Bryce was awake for almost 48 hours, which is insane. There's no way they should have let him drive. They don't even let, like, truckers have to get sleep. Right. Like, why are they not getting him? I don't, I cannot stress that enough. What the fuck are they doing? (laughs) So, like, oh, you've just been awake for two days. You can drive just fine. Right. No. So he said he told her that he was going to pull off to sleep a little bit. And Karen didn't argue with his decision to stop and sleep for a bit because he was awake for so long. (laughs) It's like, yes, you've been in this town for 48 hours. I'm going to let you sleep a little bit. Like, oh, my God. Okay. So, but he did not actually pull over to sleep. He kept driving for 90 minutes south to Castiac Lake. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but that's what I'm calling it, Castiac Lake. So Mm. between the time he had left Buttonwillow and 5 a.m., he had made three trips to the spot where his car was found wrecked. So three, like, I don't know if he was looping around, but he, he went three times to the same spot. 
like it was caught on like CCTV or whatever. Um, and then oh. a camera that was located on Lake Hughes Road near Lake Castic um, caught his car going up the road at 2.15 a.m., which was only a few minutes after he spoke with his mom. And that same camera caught him driving up the road again at 4.29 a.m. So, like I said, it was like he was just looping around. And I don't know what he was doing in the meantime. So weird. So, the car wreck happened happened sometime between 4.30 a.m. and 5.15 a.m. And his car was found by police officers conducting training exercises at the lake. And Karen and Michael were notified about the crash at 8 a.m. So, his car was found overturned on an access road leading to Castic Lake Recreation Area, which is about two hours north of his parents' house. So, it was like, I don't know if he drove up past it or what, but he's mm-hmm. two hours away from his parents' house at this point. So, his car, like, went down a big embankment and flipped onto its side. Oh, and no. There was a small amount of blood on the passenger side, headrest, and in the back seat. Now, the back window had been removed, so I don't know if, like, I'm assuming, like, just kicked out or broken or whatever. Yeah. So, which meaning he probably left the car through the rear, and um, his laptop, cell phone, and wallet were found in the car, along with an unzipped duffel bag, which led investigators to think that he took something with him. Um, but they don't know what. Um, the tire tracks Weird. from yeah, super strange. Like he just left and didn't take any of like the really important things. Um, yeah. So the tire tracks from his car were found at the top of the embankment and led down towards Castic Lake, and the track pattern indicated that there was speed involved. So like he was like pressing on the gas going down the hill basically and there was no effort made to use the brakes which led them to believe that he was trying to take his life driving into the lake yeah that does sound like it yeah um if you fall asleep at the wheel i don't think you would like press down on the gas right right that or like even if he was i don't know if it was like coasting and like you know you get speed while you're going downhill but either way even if you fall asleep you think you'd like feel yourself going a different way and kind of jostle awake but I mean you never know um so search parties started searching the area right away and divers searched Castic Lake for days but they never found any trace of Bryce or his remains so a group also search like campgrounds and other areas where he might have been seeking shelter. Um, But again, nothing was found of him. And during the search, there was a brush fire surrounding Castig Lake and the cause of the fire was a burning body. Now it was burned too badly to determine right away if it was a man or a woman. Um, But the, Coroner's report stated it was not Bryce. It was a 35-year-old man named Lamandra Miles who was shot in the torso before being dumped and burned. So, Aww, still really sad. Yeah, so I, I don't know much about that situation. That's kind of all I know about that. But yeah. no, it's not Bryce. So the Las Pisa family ended up hiring a private investigator named Shannon Tulis. 
and she believes Bryce did not sustain a massive trauma from the wreck that would have taken his life and that he had the ability to leave the scene. I mean, kind of obvious scene. They search everywhere and he was not there. Um, Bloodhounds tracked his scent to a truck stop on Castic Road and that's where his scent stopped. So a search led by a Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office um, was actually called off three weeks after Bryce disappeared because that, like, that scent that led to his truck stop, that was it. Nothing more was found of him at all. And they that didn't was just, have cameras at that truck stop? I don't know. I don't know if they did or not or if it just didn't catch anything, but nothing was found. So, wow. yeah, kind of strange. Um, the Las Pisa family eventually turned to <laughs> psychics. <laughs> Uh, of course <laughs> uh, of course i mean i guess last resort right yeah and you gotta go down every avenue possible right um, except for getting in your damn car and going to find your damn son oh my gosh so irritating <laughs> they could have like literally he wasn't moving they could have just gone there and gotten him <laughs> and We're triggered right and so they turned to psychics and one of the one of the psychics sent a tip to Karen and she posted it to the family Facebook page for Bryce. So this is a quote from the psychic. So she said, or I guess she or he said that the only thing I'm seeing is that Bryce is either in or around the lake. I looked it up on Google maps and it looks like a V shaped lake. So like the psychic is just, Mm. I I think I call bullshit because I looked it up on Google maps no, you're a psychic. You're so. supposed to see that shit in your mind, not Google Maps. Right? So they said, it looks like a V-shaped lake. I don't know what area his car turned over after looking at the Facebook pages, but I'm drawn to the top right-hand point of the V. I don't know if he is alive or not, but I'm sensing if the search keeps persistent, then it is likely he will be found in one shape or another. It looks mm-hmm. like there is a lot of dirt around him and trees. It might might seem a little generic, but the visual looks Mm. like someone sitting in the dirt with a lot of greenery around, and it looks like three trees right around him, one on his right-hand side and two in front, also sensing some dampness, so maybe he got rained on or something along with the dirt. No shit, he's at a lake! (laughs) Other than that, I'm not getting much. If I know anything else, I'll be sure to let you know. That oh, I'm just, sure it'll be so helpful. Thank you. Right? Like, mm, <laughs> they didn't do anything. So, Karen said that many psychics, clairvoyants, and mediums have sent in visions of Bryce to the family, um, none of which have been accurate. And in 2015, they actually hired a sonar boat to search the lake for two days, and their PI worked with a drone operator and both found nothing of him. So Bryce is still missing, and his behavior leading up to his disappearance, breaking up with his girlfriend, giving away his valuable possessions, um, kind of make people think he had a psychotic break due to the use of substances he was using or the Mm -hmm. onset of a mental illness. Um, Yeah, especially the combo of drinking and pills. Right, and I know, like, in kind of like early adult life for people especially men that's when like a lot of 
kind of like I mean I'm not a psychologist or anything but like I kind of like I kind of know like that that's sort of the time where I don't know mental illnesses can show and kind of come up even if they have no previous like um if they have not showed mental illness previously in their lives yeah so that's kind of where my thoughts and theories go is that it could have been an onset mental illness and he, you know, don't know. He could have re- sustained a head injury too um, along with that. But his strange behavior of not wanting to contact his parents when questioned by police and his reluctantness to get home leads to a theory that he is living off the grid. Um, his mom Ooh. states that she does not believe that he is voluntarily missing. And this is a quote from her. As his mom, he's my only child, and I know he wouldn't do this on purpose. His dad is on the same page, too. The first week, we thought that maybe he thought that he did something wrong and was ashamed. But after a week, we thought there is no way that he would just put everybody through this. Not just mom and dad, but also his family and friends. He loved life too much and was looking forward to so many things. It just doesn't make sense. So, yeah, super sad, obviously. Um, So back to the truck stop where his scent ended. Mm -hmm. In 2013, the family asked for info about a purple semi-truck that was known to frequent truck stops in Castic like lake area because it was thought he may have gotten a ride with the driver um but nothing came of this lead and family and volunteers post bryce's info at truck stops around the country still um another theory is that he sustained a head injury from the wreck and doesn't know who he is and is living amongst the homeless community so in 2013 there was a logic sighting at a habit burger in California, where he asked for water and he seemed confused. Um, tips of sightings still come in, and his family has set up a Facebook group called Find Bryce Las Visa, where they investigate leads and tips. And his dental records, DNA, and fingertips have been entered into NamUs and other databases, like missing persons databases. Mm-hmm. Um, but there has never been any mass- matches um, through it. So you know, if they ever found someone, they could run their, like, a deceased person. They could run their DNA, whatever, fingerprints, dental records through these databases. And hopefully something would come up if it was kind of just like a John Doe. Yeah. But nothing has come up. Um, no matches. So Bryce is a white male with very bright red-orange hair. Blue Eyes is 5'10", and he was about 160 pounds at the time of his disappearance. He does have a tattoo with of a Taurus bullhead on, and his birthday in Roman numerals on his upper left arm. And so those just kind of a little description of him. So, you know, everyone keep your eyes out. Yeah. Uh, because he's, he is still missing. I mean, people are still giving tips. This is still... Um, an active, you know, investigation. Um, there is speculation that he had a past history of drug and alcohol abuse and that he was arrested as a teen for MDMA possession. A high school classmate said that he would regularly take alcohol to school 
and a post made by his high school best friend labeled him as a druggie. So that's a nice thing to say about your best friend. Wow. You didn't catch a sarcasm in that. Yeah. Um, His parents were apparently controlling and chose where he went to college. And so that was kind of another speculation that like super controlling parents, he kind of wanted out of that. Um, Another theory is that he was waiting for a drug dealer in Buttonwillow and investigators couldn't find who supplied him with the ADHD meds that he was taking, so Vyvanse. But, Mm -hmm. like, I thought about that, but if you think of how many people are prescribed ADHD medications, I feel like you probably don't need a drug dealer for those if someone's recreationally taking them, like, every now and then. But, I mean, I guess you never know. Especially on a college campus, there's no shortage of people needing money and having access to those as a prescription. Right. Um, So So you're not looking for some major drug lord that's giving Vyvanse to college (laughs) students, okay? Like, it's it's some average Joe. Right, right. So they were never able to find who supplied him with the Vyvanse. And I guess the drug Vyvanse, um, the way he was taking it can cause hallucinations, anxiety, and paranoia during the withdrawal phase. So that was kind of a theory also. Um, And the family asked that anyone who thinks they see Bryce send a photo to findbrycelastpizza at gmail.com. There is a $5,000 reward for info leading to his whereabouts. And there's a tip line at 949-292-4400. And the L.A. County Sheriff can be reached about his case at 323-890-5500. So, you know, if, I mean, anyone out there who thinks they see someone who, I mean, we'll of course post pictures of him on our Instagram, you know, if you guys... Thank you. See someone snap a picture, send it to their Gmail account, reach out to the tip line, um, you know, anything to help this family find Bryce because, you know, he's been missing for quite some time. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. My, My personal theory is that he had some sort of psychotic break. Um, due to an underlying mental illness that started to show up. He was 19 years old, kind of a common age for things like schizophrenia, um, you know, other mental illnesses to show. And I think that and the accident that he had, the wreck, him wrecking his car, could have led to a head injury, you know, along with Vyvanse withdrawal. And I think there's a lot of factors that could have, like, all played together, not just, like, one theory is this, one theory is this. I think they kind of, like, all merged together to create what has happened in his disappearance. But, right. I mean, that's what I think. They'll only know, you know, when and if they find him. Right. Exactly. So, you know, he... He really, he really could be alive. He could be either he chose to walk away or he could be living with the homeless community. Um, 
or yeah i think i think it's very possible he's still alive yeah i i really think it is possible i mean of course there's a possibility that something happened at the lake and they just haven't found his body mm-hmm. but he was obviously able to get away from that scene so yeah and i feel like with the police search and then the sonar boat and all that like they've covered all their bases around there right you think they would have come up with something yeah that- just some trace of him being there right none of his clothes were found I mean, I don't think he had really much on him because his phone, wallet, and, um, you know, money and stuff were left in the car, so. Yeah. But still, you think if something would have happened to him, something of, like, his clothes would have popped yeah, up somewhere. there'd be evidence of it somewhere. Right. So, he's still missing, you know. Use those tip lines, use those Gmail, that Gmail account, use it, go to their Facebook page. Um, Yeah, just a really strange, strange case. Disappearance cases are always just so eerie because you just, there's, especially if they're not solved, you know, they're just, there's so many open-ended theories and options. And of course, you can like go down the Reddit hole and like read everyone else's theory which some of them are pretty crazy but you never know so that is the case of Bryce Las Pisa yeah that one's really good yeah it's it's a very interesting one so I wanted to do that one for a while yeah yeah next time I am not writing my notes I didn't really have an option (laughs) I couldn't read half of my words. Oh, no. I was like, because I, I did some of my notes while I was at work, because I had to go into the office today, V mad about that, but <laughs> um, I took my lunch break to write my notes in my car. I didn't have my laptop on me, so I was in sitting in my car writing my notes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So anyways. Well, glad you pulled it all together and made it work. Um, yes. Yeah. So if any of you guys think you see something, say something. Check it. Yeah, say something. <laughs> check out our Instagram for a picture. Yeah. But yeah. And next week we will bring you, Megan will bring you a full story. I'll bring you a mini episode because we dropped the bucket on this one today, guys. <laughs> Just a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> but that's okay. We're here. We're we're busy, guys. We're busy. Yeah, we'll, Things we'll have get been this going episode on. out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed. And we will talk at you next week. Yes. And follow our Instagram, Two Weirdos One Pod Podcast. Sorry. Our <laughs> Gmail is two weirdos one pod at gmail.com. Also, please give us a rating on iTunes if you have a moment. That would be awesome. Because we would like some. We want to We want to know what you guys think. Yeah, so let us know. Yeah, and we'll talk to you guys next week. All right, bye. Bye.